Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. I'm Tony Camarena. And I'm Alicia Thayer. And today we're talking about The Winter Soldier, Part 1. The Winter Soldier premiered on April 4th, 2014. And as usual, here's our Wikipedia summary. Two years after the Battle of New York, Steve Rogers works in Washington, D.C. for the espionage agency S.H.I.E.L.D. under director Nick Fury. While adjusting to, to contemporary society, Rogers and agent Natasha Romanoff are sent to, with S.H.I.E.L.D.'s counterterrorism strike team, led by agent Rumlow, to free hostages aboard a S.H.I.E.L.D. vessel from Batroc and his mercenaries. Mid-mission, Rogers discovers Romanoff has another agenda to uh, extract data from the ship's uh, computers for Fury. Rogers returns to the Triskelion, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s headquarters, to confront Fury and is briefed about Project Insight. Three helicarriers linked to spy satellites, to, uh, designed to preemptively eliminate threats. Unable to decrypt data recovered from Romanoff, Fury becomes suspicious about Insight and asks senior S.H.I.E.L.D. official Alexander Pierce to delay the project. On his way to rendezvous with Maria Hill, Fury is ambushed by assailants, led by a mysterious assassin called the Winter Soldier. Dun-dun-dun! Alright. Alicia, I know there's a delay, but in my ear, that lined up perfectly. I was very proud. (laughs) Yeah, I am. (laughs) This time, instead of doing our top threes and our Easter eggs and stuff, we're just going to have more of a discussion about what we liked, what we didn't like, and things that we feel about this episode and this part of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So, but before we really begin, uh, what did, uh, uh, I want to talk about how we feel about this when we were coming out, going into the episode, or no, not the episode, the movie, and how we feel, um, felt coming out of it for the first time. Alicia, uh, since you are further away from us, not watching Ages of the Shield at the time, what did you think about this episode? Um, I loved it. I was excited because I got to see a more of uh, Natasha, which I like seeing her. I um, especially because they've recently announced that it looks like she might be getting her own movie. I am super excited. I know. Right. I am like super excited about that. So seeing her more was a whole lot more fun for me. And to be able to get more on Rogers uh, for this was it was a lot more fun. And just watch their interaction was was entertaining for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. I'm glad when I saw the trailer for this, I saw that she was in this. Mm-hmm. Al, what about you? What did you think? Uh, so I, I, you know, I really liked it. Um, you know, I, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but you know, I kind of like that all of the different types of of um, MCU movies we're seeing just have that really different style. Um, and this one was very much in the the spy kind of style, um, mm-hmm. not anywhere near as much as we'll probably end up seeing with the Black Widow movie. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that one because of all the spy stuff. But mm-hmm. um, this one at least kind of had a lot of that stuff. And I, I just I really enjoyed that. Um, my one real dislike is um, with the title being the Winter Soldier, I expected a lot more Winter Soldier stuff to happen. Yeah. But I'm still a little part of me is just still disappointed that in the rest of the MCU stuff we we don't get a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, no, I oh, I really enjoy this movie. Um, 
I think I saw it twice in the same weekend, which is very rare for me. Um, but it, it was, uh, I loved it. Yeah, um, this for me, uh, it was almost like, I wouldn't say make or break for the MCU, but um, I loved most of the movies in Phase 1. But Phase 2 hadn't impressed me yet. I was lukewarm on uh, Iron Man 3. And as we discussed mm-hmm. in the past, I actually didn't like Thor The Dark World. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, is Phase 2 just going to be like disappointing after they get to the Avengers? But this freaking blew my mind. I mean, I was already a Captain America fan, but this is like a new level of what superhero movies could be. How it wasn't jokey-jokey like some of the other things we've seen, but it really had something to say about... Is there a spaceship? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think that was... <laughs> sorry, I, I think that was a, a car driving by. Yeah, every so often at, at my new place here, we'll have a, we'll have a, a car go by, and, and I guess they don't like mufflers yeah, okay so, i just like heard like is there someone lifting off anyway I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but i was just i was blown away by this uh movie and this is uh, i mean everything after this for a while have been great movies mm-hmm. so it really helped but uh, um this really cemented my love of the mcu and just like well even though, yeah, they've made some stumbles in my mind, they can't really do any wrong. <laughs> That's true. They, I don't know that, like, some of the movies may not have been our favorite sort of movies, mm-hmm. but they haven't really made a bad movie. No, yeah. Yeah, even even my least favorite, the ones we've talked about, I mean, they're still watchable, and the actors are so charismatic that we enjoy mm-hmm. watching them. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, move on to our discussion. So we open on Washington, D.C. Morning. And there, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to narrate the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, on your left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get a nice introduction to our hero, um, Falcon, and his psychic, Steve Rogers. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> Uh, no, um, Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers meet around the Washington, uh, monument, and, you know, they, uh, decide, they talk a little bit, and, uh, he, Cap is talking about how he's catching up to, uh, the 21st century. So, mm-hmm. um, Steve, uh, or Sam tells Steve an album he needs to listen to which i can't really remember what it's called but steve pulls out his list of what to look up yes and um alicia what do you um what do you think of his list what what's on your mind about that list i thought it was entertaining that he has a list like not that he's like he's just like i'm gonna watch everything look up everything he has a list of like specific things that he is like okay i need to do this this has been recommended to me uh this would be good sort of thing and i was just like okay yeah that's that's entertaining because i i if i was 70 years behind i'd be like okay um now what so i just thought it was funny that he actually had a list and that there's a a bunch of like historical events music and other t- like food things on it so 
Yeah, I was uh, looking at the list, and I like how um, Star Wars is on the list and crossed off, <clears throat> which almost makes me think, did he watch the prequels? And if he watched the prequels, <laughs> did he recognize Mace Windu? Right. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, which I don't know how you would know, not know if you're listening to this podcast, but Mace Windu was played by Samuel L. Jackson in the prequels, who is also Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, did that blow his mind? <laughs> right. Hey, that dude looks like you. <laughs> so, um, Al, if you were going to recommend something to Steve uh, that's not on this list, what would you recommend? Oh, great. Way to put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Um, well, now, now I have to think of something because I, I don't remember everything that was on there. Um... I love loosely moon landing Berlin wall up and down Steve Jobs disco Thai food Star Wars Star Trek, uh, Nirvana Rocky Rocky Two and Troubleman soundtrack. And that's the American version. There are different versions for different countries. But you let's want the other versions? Through, let's not go through all the other versions. <laughs> we are we are American centric. This is Captain America. Goddamn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, and we love our foreign listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, um, you know, if I were to, to recommend one, um, you know, it, it would be, it would probably be The Simpsons. Um, and, and the reason for that is because, you know, it's pretty, you know, I, I love The Simpsons personally. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I would recommend that because I would assume it's probably already on, on its list, right? It's one of those very popular things. Um, another one would probably be Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, yes. Doctor Who. Yeah, it was not on his list, yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah, and there, there's kind of a lot of times where, where they, um, um, th- there's a lot of Doctor Who type of stuff where, like, at the end, you know, he sticks to his principles and does stuff and kind of comes out. And I kind of wonder if, if uh, uh, Captain America would watch some of those episodes and think, oh, I'm really inspired by this guy. Yeah, what inspires Captain America? Right? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the million-dollar question. Well, Peggy, Peggy Carter does. Pe- Peggy Carter and Doctor Erskine definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia, what would you put on this list? Oh God, um, uh, hang on. <laughs> um, see, my problems. I am, I am, I am born in '89, which means I am a '90s child, and I, I, oh God. Do you want me to tell you mine and then you can think about it for a second? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, uh, just because I'm a huge, huge fan, I think I brought it up multiple times. But the biggest selling uh, book of all of the 20th century after the Bible was The Lord of the Rings, which came out in 1954, oh. 55, 56. So That's I would true. definitely either put Lord of the Rings, the book, or, I mean, the movies, which, in my opinion, are the greatest mm-hmm. made movies it's just like That's true. those are yeah those are great hero stories and that would i mean the technology in the movies if it was the first movie he saw would probably blow his mind i mean you couldn't see mm-hmm. that stuff in the 40s well he could have he fought the red school i got it the matrix just so yeah. cuz it would it would screw with his mind <laughs> Our, <laughs> he wouldn't he he wouldn't be surprised he might believe it no. because he's seen right. Hulk carriers. He's seen um the Hulk. 
He's uh, seen computers and stuff from the 21st century. He might be like, what if? And then we've lost right. South America. <laughs> yep, that would be my point. <laughs> Wait a Although... minute. <laughs> Although it would probably mess with him a little bit to realize that the Red Skull is the bad guy in the Matrix. That is also true. Oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought he was dead. <laughs> He's also in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's Red Skull wrong. didn't die. He just came back as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's just taking over the world in different Hugo? ways. <laughs> what's what's the actor's name? Is it Hugo Weaving? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Yes. Yes, I knew one. <laughs> Woo! I did not. <laughs> All right. So, um, after this scene, he gets picked up in this beautiful car that I'm not going to mention the name of, and we'll get complaints from Tyler, our former guest, about not knowing what car <laughs> it was. But I'm not worrying about that. And then we go into pop quiz. What's my favorite thing about superhero movies? The jokes. Superheroes doing cool superhero stuff. Superheroes doing cool superhero stuff, which is the ship scene of Captain America doing cool superhero stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was cool superhero stuff. Though I have some issues there with certain things, but at the same point. Nope, it's all realistic and it's all 100% awesome. Oh, it's no, so not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Um, what oh, but... what are your issues, and then we can erase it with all the awesomeness afterwards. Where are your okay. issues? Um, he jumps out of that plane with no parachute, which Hell yeah, he I does. would tell I know, which is really cool. <laughs> but at the same point, he lands in the water, and I don't give a shit how strong you are, or how much super soldier serum you are. From that height, he would have freaking died. No, he wouldn't, because he's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you you could argue that. Um, that he wouldn't, because, I mean, one, we don't really know how high they were. Um, I, I mean, I have no idea how high they were. Um, but I know there. I mean, there are stories of people falling off or specifically jumping off of bridges like the Golden Gate Bridge and living. Um, you right. just have to know how to land when you fall. Um, and having Super Soldier Serum, he's tougher. I mean, we, we, we see him definitely tougher in this movie than we've seen him in previous movies. Yeah, I would uh, have the same the complaint only... as Alicia oh, if he landed a superhero landing on the boat. Then I would have called BS. <laughs> but definitely, um, definitely, I'm willing to buy this. But uh, what were you going to say, Alicia? Uh, my problem with this is the fact of how long it takes the others to get there uh, makes me think it's a lot higher because the team takes forever to get down before, after he's already in the water, already climbed up the ship, He's taken out a bunch of people. Then they finally show up. I have. It makes me think that they're really high up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly, definitely. But they're um, they. I feel like, and I'm going to defend this movie till my dying day. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't care where he landed in the water, and then they've gotten to get in a certain position for them to land on the boat with their parachutes. So I think it might have been some maneuvering in the Quinjet. But, anyway. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the team. Uh, the team that they're working with is called Strike. Another um, anagram, which I didn't bother to look up what it means. Oh, yes I did! Ha <laughs> um, ha! Yep. 
a special tactical reserve for international key emergencies. So another thing that sounds like they want to spell out strike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a um uh a team that used to be led by in the comics by Captain America and Captain Britain together. And I forgot also... about Captain Britain. <laughs> oh yeah. Can't forget about Captain Britain. He might show well, technically he showed up in the first Avenger. The British guy is becomes Captain Britain in the comics. Oh, alright. But um Alicia, you don't know who this is yet, possibly, but it was led by a character named Lance Hunter, who shows up in one of the Marvel TV shows later on. Nope, yep, so. you're right, I don't. <laughs> um, <coughs> Al, what do you like, or possibly, uh, hopefully not, dislike about this whole ship scene? Um... Well, okay. I mean, my, my most favorite is, is the, the part that you had already mentioned, right? The superhero doing cool superhero stuff. Um, but some of the other things that I really like was all the small details that we start seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, the first being that even Captain America has hat hair when he takes his cap off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, there were scenes or parts of the scene where he's kind of um, kind of still like hiding around the boat when he's trying to take down you know, those enemies. And he's doing these like rolls on the ground, and they're tossing in that ting sound of the of the shield hitting the, the ground. So I, I really like just the amount of detail that actually feels like it went into this. And yeah, sure, definitely fake, but you know when when you can uh, suspend you know your disbelief just just a little bit to remember that you know he's some sort of uh, magical super creature. Um, <laughs> You know, this feels somewhat doable or uh, somewhat possible, right? It's uh, at yeah. least more so than some of the other things we'll end up seeing. Yeah, until you see Captain America kick somebody and they go flying 20 feet. Right. I mean, it, it, yeah, it literally, yeah, it literally yeah. makes me laugh out loud. I mean, I love it, but it's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> it is pretty ridiculous. But he was also really silent on that ship. Like, despite the oh, tinging, yeah. he was, like, moving around. He was quiet as hell and i'm like he's not a spy he's a soldier so it was very entertaining no yeah but he's a strike team soldier which makes me think like he probably went into bases all the time just by himself maybe with bucky doing sniper like we saw in that terrible montage from the first avenger so yeah i have no problem i have no problem with his his silence i just thought it was funny yeah uh before we move on i want to talk about like the uh, the ultimate fight, the boss fight battle in this scene against uh, <laughs> Batroc, Batroc the Leaper, who that is a super, uh, his comic book name is Batroc the Leaper. Uh, mm. Okay, Al and Alicia know right before this episode, I deleted his first name in the Wikipedia summary because I did not know how to pronounce it. Unfortunately, when- the MMA fighter's first name is the same. <laughs> so I have to say it anyway. <laughs> That's funny. He, he's played by an MMA fighter named I'm going to butcher this. Sorry, all French speakers. George George's George's Saint Pierre. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, this character is used or at the time was used a lot of the time be, to illustrate the difference between MCU and the DC movies because. The DC movies would never bring in a character as ridiculous as Batroc the Leaper into their live-action movies. 
we're never going to see Condiment King or Egghead in a live-action DC movie. <laughs> but um, MCU is fine with the comic bookiness of bringing a villain this, such as Batroc the Leaper. Right. <laughs> All right. Um. So we've got um. Uh, after Batroc and uh, Steve's fight, we've got Steve going in and finding uh Black Widow, who has had some mm-hmm. awesome scenes. She did. Yeah, and finding out that there's a second uh, mission going on in this mission. Right. Which uh, afterwards brings him not exactly happily to um to the Triskelion. Yes. Yeah. Um. Al, what's uh, uh, what do you think of the Triskelion and the helicarriers and all that stuff we see there? Oh, it was so cool to see it. It was awesome. It was a great sight. Um, it was uh, it was also you know great to see Nick Fury doing something too. Right. Um, he got a lot more screen time in this movie than I expected, just because. Mm-hmm. He got a bit in the Avengers, but uh, you know, not a ton. Yeah, he also yelled about <laughs> the airplane in the second episode of Shield when they destroyed mm-hmm. it. <laughs> the best, <That's> right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did really like the line about uh, you know him saying that all the the helicarriers got some nice uh, engine upgrades after Tony Stark got uh, uh, up close and personal <laughs> with, uh, with, with one. In the Avengers movie, that was great. Yes, it did. Um, but it was it was a cool it was a cool scene just seeing that and uh, just hearing you know Nick Fury really just hearing Samuel L. Jackson monologue about you know his grandfather in you know working a uh, working an elevator was just fun to listen to. Yeah, um, from an interview I heard I read with the Russo brothers who directed this movie, that is based on. Samuel L. Jackson's real grandfather, who worked in Elevate oh. as an elevator operator and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. that's that story is at least based partially on reality. Hmm. I do like um, uh, Nick's uh, kind of telling Steve that l- people having different missions is compartmentalization, which kind of reminds me of what... Um, uh, Coulson and Sky did with the clairvoyant in the last episode. Gave everybody a little bit of, um, little bit of information so they could all together do the mission. Hmm. Although we tore that apart, it was a stupid idea with the clairvoyant. It makes <laughs> right. I think it might be um, like steel shield standard procedure to give everybody little different things to do. Yeah, they talked about it in one of the Agents of Shield episode, right in the hub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was Sky's whole thing. She was upset that she wasn't getting any information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, Shield. Ah, uh, Shield. Sky is a lot like um Steve, where they have at that at least at that point, they both have the idealized version of what Shield should be instead of what it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Uh. We'll move on to uh what I call kind of Steve. Reckoning with the past, his trip to the Smithsonian, and then right after that, uh, visiting Peggy. Peggy, Peggy. Um, first, so the Smithsonian scene is first, and I just wanted to call out like if anyone's been to Disneyland, at least a year. When was the last time I went? About a year ago. 
and probably, I don't know if it's still there, but if you go to the character meetup with Captain America, which is my default picture on my Facebook, or used to be, um, this is a setup of, it's like a Smithsonian thing of the history of Captain America, which is almost exactly like this um, part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the only character I stood in line for. I waited for Captain America. Thor was in there too, but forget that. I wasn't going to wait for an hour of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Alicia, you were excited about Peggy! Peggy! What, what's, I'm, I'm always happy to see her. Uh, what do you think about her at the, in this point of her life? Um, it's a little sad uh, because she's talking with Steve and they're talking about things and then it's like she suddenly just forgets and then realizes he's there and she gets all upset and it's like, oh, oh, no, yeah. she doesn't remember him the whole time. It's like he has to go through it every time he seizes her and it's like oh it's like torture like constant torture yeah and it probably has happened quite a few times right yeah um yeah peggy talks about her husband in um the smithsonian scene and then you see like pictures around her um her bed who who do you think Peggy's husband is? Or if you were to guess somebody from that we've met or in the comics, who do you think Peggy's husband would be? One uh, of the uh, the, 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 the Highland Commandos. Yeah, that was thinking, but I don't see her hooking up with Dum Dum Dugan. So no. <laughs> that might be because he's the only one I could name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, after this, uh, we uh quickly see Cap stopping by uh Sam Wilson's like veteran support group, mm-hmm. which becomes almost a running theme that we have in uh the MCU movies and TV shows is how to handle post traumatic stress or how different people deal with it. We got mm-hmm. that in um. Iron Man 3, we're getting that here. Um, maybe not post-traumatic stress, but definitely grief in Thor The Dark World. Mm-hmm. And it even becomes more prevalent in some of the TV shows later on, which I'm not going to get into because yeah. Alicia hasn't got there. But yeah, um, how to deal with uh, post-traumatic stress is something very important in the real world. And I think it's, as I've said before, it's important that these heroes and these people are shown as real people and shown that they are dealing with it. Agreed. <laughs> it's it's nice for them to be able to, like, not a lot of shows and things handle with that, that sort of thing. So it's nice to show, especially because knowing what I do about uh, soldiers and how much what they deal with, and how often it a lot of things don't end well for them mm-hmm. is it, it's nice to see that they're not turning like Marvel's not turning a blind eye to it, especially because they deal a lot with the soldiers when they have Captain America, Sam Wilson and a couple other things. It's it's nice to see that they're not ignoring it, but are actually making, hey, this is an OK thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
so we move on to uh, we get a little scene with uh, Nick Fury and um, Alexander Pierce with Nick Fury being locked out of the information that uh, Black Widow got. Mm-hmm. And my first thought, honestly, was, well, Nick, this is what happens when you trust the system, like Phil keeps saying. <laughs> but uh, Alicia, <laughs> well, Alicia, what do you think? What are your feelings on this? Well, mine was, uh, when I saw it, my first inclination was, ooh, something's going wrong. And this is his, like, I don't think if he didn't, if he hadn't had that disc, he would have known. I think that him trying to get into the flash drive was the start off for everything that then happens later is because they now know that something's going on because he tried to get into something that he shouldn't have. And he now knows that he can't have access to it, even though he is top level. So it's there, I think, that really starts to get things out of hand. And I think that's why the timetable we see later, the the guy says the timetable's been moved up. Oh, yeah. Shit's about to hit the fan. <coughs> Al, what do you think about this? Um, you know, kind of what, what Alicia said right there. Like, I, I don't know if he if this was the, the catalyst of him wanting to uh, delay the program in total um, or if maybe there was some other stuff maybe this was just that final thing to, you know the, the tipping point um, because this thing was what was it it was blocked by him right he didn't have access to yeah, it supposedly. but the computer said it was yeah exactly it was under his credentials like, yeah he he took the the right action there of saying we should hold off on this other thing because that's I mean that's a horrible type of security reach of you know anywhere right uh, mm-hmm. um turns out that you did something but you did not so um it's good that he you know was was probably trying to stop that although he probably should have tried to stop other things too not just this one thing but you know for for the sake of storytelling it's it's easier to just go with the big bad threat yeah right yeah it's definitely um the ins- they call it the inciting incident in most storytelling yeah this thing that starts the real story also in that scene, oh. we get our what? Although we don't know it yet, he's pretty suspicious. <laughs> One of our um two villains in this, which is Alexander Pierce, played by Robert Redford. Um, this is how I got my mom to watch this movie. She loved Robert Redford, <laughs> and she's like, "He's not a comic book movie," and just like, and then later the twist happens, and he's the bad guy. It blew her freaking mind. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, it was good. I like. I mean, again, he's not the strongest villain. It's still a little bit with the Marvel villain problem, but he was a good, good villain. I think. Mhm. He was. Yeah, we'll talk about him more once he becomes more villainous. Mhm. But yeah, as uh, we mentioned, uh, he tries to get in, and it doesn't work out right. So he gets on the road and uh, calls uh, Maria Hill and yes. uh, Al. What happens on that road? Is it just a boring old regular ride or what's up <laughs> well you know it's it's um you know someone who just really hates traffic and then he just goes a little over the edge <laughs> no um <laughs> no well I mean, he, uh, I mean he gets attacked and and you know we we see some cool shield tech right mm-hmm. in, in his car it's all built in uh we have the cool little ai or or maybe it's not even an ai maybe it's just you know basic stuff in there telling him hey um you're you're being attacked. Oh yes, shit! I know that. No Thank shit, you. Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Like, do, do you want me to attack them? No, no, no. I got this. And he pulls out the gun, and oh man, that was that was great. That was a, a sweet scene yeah. right there. Him ready oh, for yeah. it, timing it. <coughs> right. And, and, and the fact this, that he's I... like, "Get me out of here!" The car's like, "Can't do that." Yeah, I, I like that. He's like, it's damaged. It's damaged. What's not damaged? He goes, the air conditioning hey, is only sissy. operational, right? <laughs> Which is probably good. I've I've been told that in DC it gets very humid, so he probably wants an AC working. Yes, I've heard that it used to be a swamp, and I believe someone said we should drain it, but I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, uh, I do like how when he's going through the systems, one of the things he asks about is a flight system that's damaged. So, Fury's <laughs> SUV is also a Lola. It is a flying yeah. car. Yeah. Oh, I didn't though think about that. Good. Yeah. Though it didn't work. I mean. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least they alluded to it. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like after, um... Nick does some fast and furious haha <laughs> driving. <laughs> we get what I think is my favorite villain introduction. And I know Bucky's not a villain anymore, but at this time he was definitely the bad guy. Of uh, mm-hmm. him just coming out um the Winter Soldier just coming out of kind of smoke and just shooting his um grenade and just watching it explode as he sl- slowly steps away. Right. I thought, Holy crap, that's cool. Un- unfortunately for me, it had already been spoiled. Oh. In, mm-hmm. in the um, when Agents of Shield aired, and they mm-hmm. used to do those post credit scenes, they used that clip as the post credit scene for the next episode. Oh, that's silly. <sighs> oh, I, it's it's silly looking back because it's like a waste and it ruined it. But it really shows this is going to. Shit's going to hit the fan, and this is really going to tie in with Agents of Shield, which I did actually like. Hmm. Because it is good. yeah, um, you don't know this yet. You haven't watched it yet, Alicia. But this is like, I mean, it's pretty obvious because it's Shield. But this like ties in the ways you wouldn't expect to Agents of Shield. I love it. Oh really? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so I. Go ahead, I, I really wanted to pull it up because we're talking about the Winter Soldier showing up right there. And I want to know, how did he know where to go? Like, that was the spot he should stand? Like, specifically that street. Like, did, did he know that, like, the other, you know, Hydra agents or something were, were pushing Fury in a specific direction? Did he guess and get lucky? Was he kind of swinging from building to building in some way? He had some sort of grappling hook? Like, how did he get there? I Maybe not a grappling hook, but I feel like he's probably jumping from building to building, and he, uh, <laughs> his car has probably GPS that's linked to S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So, and the, he's being hired yeah. by, and working with for S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm sure that... He wasn't completely blind or chasing after the car. <laughs> That's a good point. So he had some information there. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Nick escapes. Like, he looks like he's screwed. Oh. <laughs> right? Okay. I I want to want to talk about that one really quickly. Yeah. Um, because I have a personal headcanon fan theory now that I just want to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. He made that hole very quickly. Yes, right. he did. Um, 
and he had like what two seconds and it was very very thick right because it wasn't it like he concrete. was over a manhole cover it went through the concrete <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that i can think of is that nick fury has a lightsaber and it's probably purple oh yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense to me <laughs> Well, let's see if he shows up uh, f- to fight Fa- Thanos or in Captain Marvel with the purple lightsaber. I would be totally that fine would be that. funny. <laughs> <laughs> but at a minimum, it's an it's probably an amazing weapon that we never see again after this movie, right? Yeah, pr- possibly something we don't see. actually we don't see at all in this movie. We just see the aftermath. That's true. We don't yeah. actually ever see what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought we see him. He pulls out a little torch thing. Oh, maybe. Right, we, we kind of see that right yeah. here in yeah. this scene. Yeah, he, but, he, that's how we know it's a torch. He, that's yeah, it. he didn't ignite his lightsaber. We don't know. <laughs> All right. So, uh, is there anything else we want to cover before we close the book on the first third of Captain America: The Winter Soldier? Mm, nope. Nope. I think I'm good. Al. Yeah, I've got nothing. It was an enjoyable first third of a movie. Right? Yeah. I I hope that the rest is just as good. But we'll find out next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that thing. Yeah. All right, Alicia, you want to sign us off? I will, indeed. Give me just a sec. All right. Uh, please remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind. And please give us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, assuming you like this. Otherwise, um, I'm not promising to send the Winter Soldier after you, but it's a thought. Um, <laughs> Hail Hydra. No, no. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, th- this was the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Part 1, signing off. Have a marvelous day. Up in a heap in a millionaire